You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. You're listening to Mike on the Mic on GGR Pirate Radio. I'm full, and yet I know if I stop eating this, I'll regret it. It's four-leaf clover. Make a wish. Wish you weren't so fucking awkward, bud. This is called Pirate Radio. And now, your host, Mike Luxford. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is Mike on the Mic on the GGR Pirate Radio Network. Guys, we're talking westerns. We're talking Japanese movies. We're talking Kurosawa. We're talking Clint Eastwood. We're talking uh, Sergio Leone, spaghetti westerns, all those things that got mashed up and mixed up and, and spit out into some of the greatest films that we've seen in the last, like, 40 or 50 years, uh, if not even more than that. I have the illustrious... And wonderfully talented and intelligent and well-versed when it comes to film, which is why he is like the feature player in this podcast this evening. Uh, and his name is James Rambo. I sure do like them. They're moving pictures. <laughs> they share his party. This all started with us talking about The Mandalorian initially. That was kind of how we, we got into this was because that show is so heavily influenced by these Clint Eastwood, Sergio Leone, spaghetti Western movies of the 60s and 70s and 80s. But also, too, I mean, there's a lot of influence from Kurosawa, from The Hidden Fortress, from um, Rashomon. I mean, like all of these things that you're seeing get integrated into the Star Wars continuity. But more so, like, I grew up on these. I know you that you grew up on them, too. Like, I just wanted to kind of talk about this a little bit. Like, is I wouldn't say like a renaissance, but like, have you, is it kind of cool seeing these things that you grew up on that you thought like really nobody else really care? Like, cause that's the way I always felt. I always felt like I was like, man, it's just me and my dad watching these lame movies. Nobody else cares about these things anymore. And then like seeing like newer versions of them come out and you're like, oh crap, people do care about this. They're making a remake of True Grit. Oh snap. Like, <laughs> is that kind of the same vibe you got with this too? Is it kind of exciting or was it just like, it, it, that's kind of the nature of movie. It's kind of cyclical like that. I mean, it's certainly exciting. It, it can be both. Um, I'm I'm certainly excited about seeing um, something that I'm interested become uh, popular again. Um, that's I mean, that's that's the joys of of being a big geek is getting to share things with people. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's funny. Like I, you know, I, I my dad tried desperately uh, when I was a kid to get me into old movies. Um, and I had a hard time connecting with them cause I didn't know any of the actors. Um, I mean, I'll cop to it. Like just black and white movies in general just didn't appeal to me. Um, and Westerns was one of the few, th- were one of the few things that did kind of connect and, and I was able to kind of get into, um, but yeah, it, it's, you know, you mentioned the, the sort of natural cycle of, of movies and just culture in general, you know, everything old is new again. Uh, there's, there's no, it's not so much much about being new or original as, and it never was. I don't, I don't say that as a slight, um, as it is just seeing, um, the popularity 
of certain things rise and fall. Um, I can I can never remember which one is which, but there was a study, not a study, not uh, um, just uh, somebody was was doing doing tracking uh, uh, correlations between uh, horror movies and Republicans and Democrats in office and consistency. Oh, yeah, the vampire versus uh, zombie thing. zombies. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember which one is which. Which one? Which one uh, takes hold? When the other one does. I think Republicans it's... and zombies are Democrats because uh, Republicans are afraid of mass consumerism um, of that Democrats would want to push because that's what zombies represent is the mindless horde. And that's why um, Dawn of the Dead was in a, a, a shopping mall because it was just mindless zombies marching through a shopping mall. And the vampires are for Republicans because Republicans are afraid of foreigners. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 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 something more powerful taking taking advantage of something weaker exactly. um and ideally you know uh, uh the 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 weak being able to fight back and 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 throw off that yoke um but yeah there's you know these these things are all they're all connected um like it's anytime if anybody wants to try and dismiss uh the significance of pop culture they're welcome to they're wrong <laughs> um, but there it's, it's all connected and it all plays a large role and a large part, um, in terms of how we connect as humans and how we, how we interact with the world around us. Um, but yeah, um, Westerns, I'm, I'm honestly surprised there aren't more of them, uh, right now. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see there be a, a bit of a spike in the next year or two, um, because so much of Western mentality is about, you know, settling an untamed new world and uh, uh, struggles of of the, the 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 powerless against the powerful, um, and it, you know there 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 are timeless themes that uh, that come up a lot, um, and yeah, it's 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 really interesting to see how that gets how our how our culture gets mirrored in the 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 media we consume. Oh, yeah, for sure. And like if you look at um, because I, to kind of pull the curtain back here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, when I when we're doing uh, a podcast episode, a lot of the times what I'll do is, and it sounds so dumb is I will search Wikipedia for that broad topic of whatever it is we're talking about Westerns. And the reason why is because the way my brain works is that I can get one thing and I can build off of that. And like I'll tell here's the perfect uh, example. When you're looking at the Wikipedia entry for Westerns, it talks about common plot points, and it says the construction of a railroad or a telegraph line on the wild frontier. That, I'm surprised, is not a trope that is used in more movies because that's a perfect allegory for our, our society right now because it's new technology and the world becoming a smaller place very, very quickly. And that – I mean that's the internet. That's – um, cell phone technology that's um, essentially like the constant stream of social media of of the 24-hour news cycle like all of that stuff that that's that you replace the construction of a railroad with the introduction of high-speed internet to an area that's never had it before I mean that that right there it changes the entire landscape of things if you watch um, the documentary called the West which is on Netflix which if you're a big documentary fan like I am you'll love it, it talks about that. It talks about how the Native American lifestyle was completely destroyed by, if you were to simply put it, it was by the railroad. As soon as people were able to come out there, they they came out and they saw these buffalo just wandering around. They're like, hey, wouldn't it be fun to shoot those? 
and people shot him and killed him and they were gone. And that completely wiped out the Plains Indians way of life as they they ate and they their clothing was made of it and their tents were their teepees were made of it. I mean, everything was centered around the buffalo and you just wipe out that one food source and it just completely crippled their entire way of life. So, I mean, that's look at what's going on right now in our world. I mean, like you talk about like coal mining, for instance, and how that's kind of an archaic uh, means of uh, energy production and people still clinging to that. Like that's that's that same thing. It's the same thing with like, for instance, it says stories about a lawman or a bounty hunter tracking down his quarry. Hey, that's the Mandalorian in a friggin' nutshell. Uh, revenge stories, which hinge on the chase and pursuit by someone who has been wronged. I mean, that's shit. That's the Punisher too, you know, like the, well, the Thomas yeah. Jane version was, I mean, essentially it was a Western, you know, it leans really hard on Western themes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes to its detriment, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like that fucking the the guy in the diner is like, come on, man, what are we doing? Yeah, that and like the uh, the 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 shootout at the old K, at the OK Corral with uh, John Travolta at the end. Yeah, that was. God damn it! <laughs> I enjoyed so much of that movie and so much of it. Like the things that are bad are so glaringly awful. Yeah, I I really I it, it's it's a guilty pleasure. Like I know it's not the best version of the punisher but fuck i love that movie like it's such a like when he's standing there and john travolta's like you killed my son and you hear this scream in the background as the explosive goes off and he looks at him and he goes both of them i was like, yeah we'll do like one of my favorite moments is uh is, is him setting that up is is when the one kid is is when the guy's pinned up against the wall yeah. uh, by the desk and he looks at me he's like you're like a strong kid ever try calisthenics <laughs> he, pulls, <laughs> he pulls out the the grenade and he puts it and he's like you know this this uh this personnel grenade weighs about weighs about five pounds but you hold an outstretched hands whew, hell of a workout <laughs> <laughs> he's his like his delivery is so good and it's it, oh yeah. man it's so yeah. dry and like it ah oh, fuck yeah i would have loved to see more with him uh as the character but jesus travolta was awful in it he was, he was, but that's what made him such a great villain is because you just wanted to see him dead. And like, and Thomas Jane was, was more than happy to provide that for us. So, um, True. Th- there's, there's just so much here when it, when it comes to what, what a Western is and what a Western isn't. And I think that that's, what's fun about this too, is there's so many different like sub genres. There's so many different things to get done with it, but like so many people, one of the reasons that I, that I, I wanted to, that I was really excited to talk about this is like, I feel like so many people just kind of blow Westerns off as like, Oh, it's just the white man asserting his dominance and there's nothing good about it other than like him running around shooting cowboys and Indians uh, or playing cowboys and Indians and shooting Indians and you know, those sorts of things. But like one of my favorite quotes of all time comes from one of those movies like that. And it's, it's such an in, it's such an insightful quote for its time because this would have been 60s this would have been when john wayne was at his like like ballsiest of heroes like unflappable like just man's man you know eats eats nails and spits them out like in those cartoons but like when he talks about fear and somebody says that they're afraid and bravery is being scared shitless and saddling up anyways like Mm -hmm. how how awesome is that like hey everybody gets scared but being able to gut it out anyways like like that's that that's so dead on like not it not not once in there is he saying like oh real men they're never afraid no no like like 
that's kind of before its time too, man, because that was, this was in a time when like, you know, that whole like toxic masculinity thing of like, Oh, men aren't allowed to fear uh, to have emotions and things like that. He's literally admitting that. And that's, that's just awesome. And like, in spite of some of the other things that he did, like his portrayal of Genghis Khan, for instance, um, it was just a very, yeah. like, yeah, it was a very like before it's time moment for John Wayne. And that's what I love about these movies too, is so many times you see the little guy, you see the person like having to overcome these odds. Like you said, like the, the, the rich, powerful people, um, getting taken down by the little guy like that. That's one of the things that I love too. And like you said, why is that not more of a thing now when that's what our world is? It would be a perfect mirror for that. Um, I mean, if I, if I were to, to be conspiratorial about it, it would be because rich people don't want to encourage that shit. Um, <laughs> you know, it, I mean, it's, it's the same reason that, uh, that we don't put the money into education that we should <laughs> like smart people vote, uh, uh, don't necessarily vote against their best interests. Um, but yeah, I was, I was, I was thinking about the, the genre overall. And for the most part, cons- there's a, there's a few consistent elements um, that pop up uh, throughout um, the movies, the TV shows, the, the, the games, all that in terms of what a Western is and how you can define them. Um, yeah. And it's typically, you know, the it's big guy versus little guy and it's that you know the big guy can be the government it can be you know like the law um but it's typically someone in power uh versus someone who is powerless and the powerless are usually if not the protagonists they're they're often um who the the protagonists end up having to defend against the powerful um they universally have to have some sort of hard to settle climate. Uh, it's usually desert, um, but it can really be anything. Anything that's that's anything that you have to be. Um, you have you have to come from you know a, a like strong stock in order to to be willing to survive in. Um, I mean that includes uh, 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 Arctic climates. Um, you know I, I I don't know if we've really seen you know a frozen western. Um, like the thing is definitely a horror movie, but there's definitely some elements of, of, of Western stuff in there too. I mean, well, hell, evidenced by the the fact. No, even as I say it, um, uh, uh, the hateful eight, hateful eight is, is straight up just a, a Western uh, in the snow. Um, yeah, and it is, and that movie is also very much just the thing without the without the alien, um, which I cannot take credit for. Somebody else pointed that out, and it's just the most obvious thing in the world. Hell, <laughs> Kurt Russell's even there. Um, <laughs> Kurt Russell himself uh, there, is like, how did you not see this coming? Come on. <laughs> uh, and there, there's really two other things. Um, the strong protects the weak. Um, that that is almost always a matter of the, like I said before, the the you know the the powerless being not necessarily protagonist, but the the protagonist more often than not is someone who uh, does come a place, come, not necessarily come from a place of power, but is powerful. Uh, to some degree, not necessarily in terms of like money, but is is, you know, very much a lone wolf, which brings me to the, to the last point, which is the a Western usually features a lone wolf type character joining a pack. There is someone who is outside of society um, 
who is through the action through their actions and their interactions by the end of the story usually joins up with a group of people. Yeah. Um, it's Perfect about example is like um, uh, dances with wolves. Yeah. Dances with wolves. Um, uh, the quick and the dead. Uh, yeah. uh what justified i'm mandalorian mandalorian is a perfect example of that oh yeah especially that that i want to say it was the third episode where they go to why can i not remember the name of that friggin' planet um he yeah the the one where he they, they basically fight those like dog people and they had they yeah, have stolen an atst yeah yeah it's it's the marauders yeah, the, it's, yeah. It's, the, it's the it's the it's the the gang of bandits that keeps you know charging into this small village and wrecking their shit just because they're assholes and they can take again because they're powerful and people around them aren't. Um, it's 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 standing up to bullies is really what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, the Quick and the Dead. Uh, you have you seen the Quick and the Dead? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I What's crazy about that movie too is is like it had like an amazing cast. It's got and, a like, phenomenal you, cast. And you didn't even realize it. Like I didn't realize until years later that that was Russell Crowe. I yeah, was man. Like, well, it's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's it's a lot of people in in not necessarily their first roles, but in very early roles in their career. So yeah. it's Sharon Stone, you know, fresh off of a, a, like Basic Instinct, um, and 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 Gene Hackman and Russell Crowe and uh, Pat Hingle has a great little part in that. He plays the the bartender. Um, but fucking Leonardo DiCaprio, man, Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. is the kid. Um, Gary Sinise has a little part in it. Um, but, uh, you know, it, that's a movie about, you know, a lone gunman coming into a town to seek revenge against someone who is powerful. In this case, a criminal who has just made himself very, very rich through his criminal enterprises and has taken over this small town. Um, and everybody in the town is, is uh, uh, you know, effectively an indentured servant of this guy. Uh, and so they all try to pool their money to have him killed. Um, only to have it blow up in their faces when, when the, the whole plans are revealed. Um, but yeah, man, uh, some combination of those four things, um, or really like three and a half, um, typically puts you in a Western, um, and it can be any number of things like that. It doesn't have to take place in the American West. Um, it doesn't have to be a desert climate. It doesn't have to be, or an arid climate, um, but they certainly don't hurt. I mean, hell, uh, Firefly jumped around planet to planet, uh, city to city, and it is most certainly a Western in space. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. You know, more so even than, than Star Wars is. Um, but hell, Star Wars is too. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's writ a little larger. Um, yeah, and Star Wars is, is kind of a mashup. Like, there's certain, if you if you really break down Star Wars, there's movies in particular that are way more western than others like for instance solo is essentially like it's it's like a heist film but also mashed up with like a revenge film i mean like there's a lot going on with solo and oh, yeah. yeah i mean the lone wolf aspect of it i mean yeah it's there's yeah but yeah there's there's i i get an aversion to the genre overall one it's very white yeah two it is right. celebrating um, a, a very particular stance on like during one of the largest and, and well, no, like, the, like the most largest, most pervasive American genocide. Um, 
And yeah, so I, I get a lot of folks <laughs> not wanting yeah. to watch those movies, especially especially in like today's day and age where we we know so much more about it and people seem like that's one of the things that I love. I'm a huge history junkie, and like I love that people are becoming so much more. Like it, it used to get made fun of. You're like, oh, look at this nerd who knows about history. But now it's like that's a good thing. And like people will will like very, very proudly like spout like, hey, this is what I know and this is messed up and here's why it's messed up. And like that's awesome. But also because of that, people taking Westerns into these new places and like Dances with Wolves is a good example with the exception of, yes, it could still be that white savior trope. Like, oh, he's going to save them all. But he didn't really, though. Like, that was more about him finding himself. And, like, if you – you have to watch that movie. And if you look at it from, like, the outsider's perspective, yeah, okay, maybe. But, like, it's a dude who was ready to die and, like, basically was trying to commit suicide on the battlefield in the Civil War and didn't and ended up getting, like, hey, congratulations, you're a hero. We'll let you do whatever you want. All right, well, let me – can I just go, like, out to Kansas or something where no one's going to fuck with me? Um, yeah, sure, why not? Sure, just go out there. And then he ends up finding himself by finding the Native Americans, like, and, and finding the Sioux tribe. So, like – I, I never saw it as that like white savior thing because it's not like he saved the day. I mean, like he, he actually it was if anything, he might have like screwed things up for him. But like it's still one of my favorite movies of all time. Well, I mean, and you couldn't say the same thing for The Last Samurai, yeah. um, which ties directly into the, the 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 two sides of the coin that is samurai movies and, and cowboy movies um, in terms of. You know, it, it's very much a guy from an imperialist culture who is part of the specific movement to uh, colonize and wipe away um, an, uh, an, an older native culture, um, coming to terms with the fact that, like, hey, what I'm doing is super fucked up and actually this is all really great and we should try and preserve this as best we can. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's there's a lot you can do with it and there's a lot that can be done that is really interesting. And, um, in terms of not just a, a recent made movie, but, uh, an actual like set in a modern America or modern time Western, uh, hell or high water is a phenomenal example of what, how you can take those themes and perfectly apply them to now. um, if you haven't seen that, it is uh, um, Ben Foster and Chris Pine and Jeff Bridges um, and Chris Pine and, and, and Ben Foster are brothers who are robbing banks specifically to make enough money to buy their home. Uh, the house is going to be foreclosed on and they're they're And not only are they are they getting enough money, they're robbing the banks that own the actual uh, uh, mortgage on the yeah. house. Um, and, and Jeff Bridges is one of two Texas, Texas Rangers uh, that is investigating it and trying to stop them. Um, and it, it, I mean, it has that like dust soaked or dust covered uh, uh, like patina to the entire movie. Um, it is made, it was written by, uh, Taylor, Taylor Sheridan. God damn it. 
Taylor Sheridan. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes, I'm looking yes. it up. I'm looking um, it up right now because I haven't seen it. And like I I'm I'm all in. I'm like already. It's like, phenomenal. Yeah. It's so goddamn good. There is a conversation at the end of the movie between Jeff Bridges and Chris Pine that is it's just it's masterful dialogue. Uh, it is it is the two of them saying like you're going to kill me or I'm going to kill you, but it's sure going to happen at some point. Um, but you know, in like the kindest, most genteel way possible. So it also has a very Southern, like bless your heart kind of feel to it. Uh, but it's very much these two guys talking about straight up murdering each other. Uh, like if I see you again, I'm going to kill you. Um, and yeah, it's, and then like Ben Foster and, and, and Chris Pine have this amazing chemistry together. Um, yeah, it's 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 phenomenal. I am oh, I'm so embarrassed. I'm blanking on the name of the actual native guy who is also one of the Texas Rangers, Gil Birmingham. Gil Birmingham is awesome in it as well. He is partners with uh, Jeff Bridges, um, and yeah, it's it's a beautifully written and shot movie. All the performances are top notch, but it's very much it's it's these two guys who have nothing, um, who are doing their best to keep their heads above water and their, their house is going to be foreclosed on. And and like throughout the entire movie, you get these little, um, these very clear nods and indications of like, yeah, this is not a unique situation. This is not like a family that just made a lot of bad choices. And now they're, they're in in a, in a shitty situation. This is a movie about the, like the, the, the housing crisis, of the two thousands. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's done as a Western and it's done as a crime movie. I almost wonder if then to the same, to the same vein, if breaking bad falls into that category, because think of the, the commentary that breaking bad has on society in general, I have cancer and I can't afford it to pay for it because for various reasons, my insurance won't cover it X, Y, and Z. It doesn't matter. Right. So therefore I sell drugs to be able to pay for my treatment. And like, it's, it's basically like, it's a shot at our current society of people having to crowdsource basically their, their own healthcare because it's so lacking and broken in this country. And I'm almost wondering if you could almost count breaking bad in that same category where it's like that kind of the little guy versus the big guy. I think, you know, I, 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 I was ready to agree with you, and there are definitely some common themes. I mean, hell, the fact that it takes place in, in Albuquerque is, is exactly. a huge part of that. Yeah. I think where where it gets lost is um, while Walt initially is certain two, – is two things. Initially, Walt is very much trying to take care of himself and his family – um, and he, you know, something he's not able to do because of, you know, the, the broken and just, just horrible healthcare system we have in the United States. Um, and then over time that transitions to, you know, and the, the, like one of his last lines in the show, you know, where he finally cops to the fact that he's like, you know, I, no, I, I liked it. I did it because I, I was good at it and I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he, to, to paraphrase a uh, uh, dark Knight, he lives long enough to see himself become the villain. Um, the other thing is Walt at all times is preying on people weaker than him. Yeah. The whole show is about him making, you know, he's, he, he's not 
he's not selling weed. He is making meth. Um, he is making something that is horrible and 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 hor and terribly damaging to anyone who uses it. Or I mean, the reason he's constantly surrounded by danger is because he is doing something dangerous. Um, and while there are certainly examples that will, you know, the, the, uh, will, will counter, you know, what I'm about to say, I think that those are outliers. Um, I think that for the most part, Westerns are about self-preservation, but not self-preservation through preying upon those weaker than you are. Yeah. I'm not saying that I think it's a Western. I think it just has certain motifs that like kind of, kind of match with that. Just like, Oh, hundred percent. Um, yeah. Yeah, like like I mean, there's there there's so many uh, other thing, other series and other movies that do the the same thing. But like, it, as soon as you mentioned like the the concept of like the housing crisis, I was like, well, yeah, shit. I mean, like the drug problem in this country, the the the, the healthcare problem that we have in this country gets like blown to pieces w when you look at these things. When you look at these um when you look at these movies that were made and these TV, these series that were made too. Um. I thought it was interesting. I was reading this and I, I wanted to get your your take on this because we, we talked about the Western influencing the Japanese filmmakers and then vice versa. And I was reading about Yojimbo, one of Kurosawa's films, and it was inspired by the book Red Harvest, which is an American detective novel. So there was this awesome ebb and flow of give and take with american culture and japanese culture back and forth with movies because there were so many famous westerns or just movies in general that were influenced by japanese movies for instance magnificent seven like it that's yeah that's that's so seven samurai i mean it's literally it's like a carbon copy of it and it's I mean, A Fistful of Dollars is Yojimbo. Um, Star Wars is The Hidden Fortress. It's um, like you mentioned, which is still one of my favorite um, things that you mentioned that like blew my mind was the Rashomon different perspectives of things in Last Jedi. Like, yeah, there's this awesome cultural exchange with the with these movies that 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 good directors seem to really enjoy doing like they, they love nodding their hats to other directors. Tarantino does this too a lot. Like he'll give like a little tip of the hat to directors that influenced him too. And I just, I, I always, I love seeing that in movies and especially like it always makes me feel smart when I notice it. I'm like, Oh, I know what that is. <laughs> well, and it's, it's what's really cool is you know, those two things you were saying, like they, they, they fed off each other in this really interesting and unique way. Um, that and like cowboys and samurai are not that similar in terms of like strict cultural uh, 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 like traits. They're very different things. But what does end up happening is you you get two things that are very uniquely specific to those countries, um, and you 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 end up finding these little motifs that can work in, in on both sides of it to the point where um, Westworld makes a big joke out of it. Um, in the second season of Westworld, they go to, um, I can't remember if it's called uh, uh, like Samurai World or what, but it's, it's the, it's the, 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 the Asian influenced um, uh, park uh, yeah. on the like, side, of, side of the park. And the the joke is that the writer 
was so lazy that he just used the exact same characters and just swapped them cowboys to samurai, um, which ends up being, you know, the, the badass cowboy and the badass samurai are kind of just like eyeballing each other the entire time waiting for the other one to make a move. But the, uh, the madam from the brothel and the geisha end up becoming like really close because they have incredibly shared experiences because they're literally the same thing. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's cool to, to see those things work in conjunction like that. Um, but yeah, Kurosawa was a big Western fan. Like if I recall correctly, his favorite director was, was John Ford. Yeah. Um, which like, that is, that is as, as Western as you get like those big spanning uh, vistas and, um, you know, shots of green valleys and things. Um, well, I mean, hell, like I think 2014, there was a remake of Unforgiven as a samurai movie. Yeah. Um, with uh, Ken Watanabe as, as the lead, which sounds awesome. Um, <laughs> which we talked about this before. God, I haven't seen it yet. I got to look that up. I know. Like, same here. Yeah, I got to make, yeah. make some time for that. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's it's. It's things, you know, I mean, they're like I, I say they're they're very different. They are very different, but there are there are through lines. There are, you know, it, it's it's typically men who made their livings through violence, um, yeah. whether it was, you know, legally authorized or not. Um, yeah. It's, you know, I, I think I think a, a place where they do kind of break away is samurai culture from my very limited experience was about servitude and was about, or not servitude, but service. And so much of cowboy culture was, you know, almost sort of a mercenary existence where you would, you would have, I mean, you would work for, for, you might work for a ranch, but like, you know, those jobs were, you know, would, were kind of few and far between sometimes. Uh, and so you'd have to bounce around from place to place, but you know, uh, and, and by means, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, if you were a samurai and you had a position, you had a specific position, as long as your master was alive, you had a job. Um, and if you, if you did it well, um, they were almost like knights. But it's funny, too, because more or less they're mercenaries in a way, too, because they're like hired swords, more or less like it's. Yeah, it was the same kind of concept. But, yeah, you were right about them. Like, as long as you had a, a guy in charge, you, you kind of always had some money or always had a job, at least. But, yeah, I mean, like, hell, the, the you know, I'm certainly not the first one to point it out, but the Mandalorian is straight up uh, uh, cribbing from Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah. It's itself a, a samurai story about a samurai who was taking care of a baby, um, driving like like pushing it around in a wheelbarrow. Uh only in this case, it's a it's a pram that kind of you know floats off the ground. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's 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 a genre that has a lot to say, particularly a lot that is uh, really significant and um, really uh, appropriate to our time and 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 things we're dealing with. You know, fortunately, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Well, what I wanted to talk with with you about with this specifically is I mean, we, we've talked a lot about like what it is and what what makes it good and what what makes it interesting, but also like how it's being modernized. But I want to talk about like some of your favorites and just kind of go back and forth. Like we I, I've already mentioned um, 
uh, I mentioned uh, why can't I? I just lost it now. <laughs> uh, Kevin Costner um, <laughs> Dances, with uh, Dances with Wolves. Wolves. Thank you very much. Why can't I remember that damn movie? Uh, and I just watched it recently again too. Like I hadn't seen it in years, and I watched it, and like I God, I enjoy that movie, and like it's just it's beautiful to watch. It's 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 got such a great story behind it, and like me, if, if you you're listening to this podcast, you know who I am, and you know what I like to do. I love telling stories. There's a story behind that movie and the story that that was written. And if you ever watch, um, and I just lost his name too. Man, I am not having a good day today when it comes to remembering people's names. But he's a Elsewhere? British. He's a British interviewer, and he just is like absolutely famous for Graham. Oh, Norton. Graham Norton. Yeah, yeah, yeah that Graham Norton episode's fantastic. Graham Norton has an episode where he talks to Kevin Costner, and Kevin Costner tells the story of how. Dances with Wolves got written and it was basically like a friend of his who was like living with him at the time but was trashing everybody in Hollywood and was like oh they're all garbage and they're all crap and Kevin Costner basically was like you need to stop insulting my friends and like you're not even doing anything like get your life together and like kick them out and the dude was like washing dishes in a Chinese restaurant and like finally like got his life back together and was like hey can I come live with you again and while he was living with him he managed to write all of Dances with Wolves and when Kevin finally read it, after like blowing him off like 10 times, he was like, this is incredible. And like, this is a movie that, that garnered Kevin Costner an Academy Award for Best Director. It won Best Picture. Like, that that's incredible. Like, that it came from such a, a an unlikely place. And the movie is just like, it's, it's it, I, I really enjoy every aspect of that movie. It's long. God damn, I forgot how long it was. But like... <laughs> It is it is such a good movie as you see this guy try to figure out what the hell to do with his life after it was almost over in the Civil War and getting a second shot and getting to see, as he puts it, getting to see the frontier before it no longer exists and meeting the, the Sioux tribe and living with them and carving him, carving a life out that he probably never expected to have. And that that's that's part of the reason why I love that movie so much. But um, yeah, right there. I mean, just like give me some of your one, one of your favorite westerns, and we'll kind of talk about it, and we'll kind of go back and forth. Let's see. Um, mentioned the Quick and the Dead. We talked about Hell or High Water. Uh, Justified. Justified, oh, yeah. hands down, is and 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 it's it's funny that is that is one of you, the the more unique stories in terms of that we are following the lawman. Um, this isn't about, you know, the, more often than not, the heroes, or not only the hero, but the, the protagonist in a, in a Western is up against the law. But um, to some degree, you know, Raylan is is trying to operate outside the law. Like, you know, he has this very antiquated notion of, like, you know, giving people 24 hours to get out of town or I'll shoot you on sight. You know, that is, that's not a, not exactly lawful there, Mr. Givens. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a story about a guy who grew up in, you know, shithole Kentucky, uh, who was working in in Florida. He gave a local gangster, you know, a 24-hour, uh, 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 oh, what's the word, um, ultimatum. Um, yeah. Get out of town, or I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you have tw- you have 24 hours to get out of town, or I will shoot you on sight. Um, and then he does it. Uh, and that becomes the impetus for him to have to go back to his hometown um, and and deal with that. Um, and so so we 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 you know the show opens with him in you know not only the lap of luxury but like in a place that is, that is 
you know, it's very much a shadow water situation. Um, but what you find out is he, when he goes back home, he's still not in a place he's really comfortable. It's a place he knows and he knows how to operate within. Um, but it's not something that he's happy with. Um, no, especially when it seemed like his only goal was to get out of there, like to get yeah, away from hundred percent. Yeah. Harlan yeah, County the whole time. Um, yeah. and, and like that is, is there's, there's some great themes explored through that, through that in terms of like, you know, there's a very fine line in a Western story between a hero and a villain. Um, and you get that in particular between him and Boyd, yeah. uh, who's the, 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 the overarching villain of the, of the series. Um, and you know, the, there's, there's a, there's a lot of power in this one particular line, which is we dug coal together. And the implication there is, you know, not only did we work together, but you, you we did a job together where you had to look out for each other. Um, and so you get them as like two sides of the same coin. Um, it just so happens that Raylan leaned a little to one side and, and, and end up becoming a lawman and Boyd went the opposite direction. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, that and just like so I watched through at least twice. <laughs> I've, I've got to watch it again, actually. And like, if there was, um, if that scene from Step Brothers when they're having the conversation in the bedroom and they're both answering at the exact same time and <laughs> Will Ferrell's like, did we just become best friends? And John C. Reilly's like, yup. That was when we, we were talking about like, hey, let's talk about our favorite TV shows. And you and I like simultaneously were like, well, fucking justified. Wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah. That was like when I was like, all right, Rambo's got to be part of this crew, dude, because we both love Justified. Um, I'm same. Like, I absolutely loved Justified. I loved every single moment of that series. Uh, in fact, one of my favorite quotes of all time from any media ever comes from Raylan Givens because he tracks down this fugitive and the guy keeps coming up with like a million excuses of why he wasn't able to get his, you know, get uh, to show up to his bail hearing, like to check in with his probation officer. And Raylan turns and looks at him and he goes, if you run into an asshole in the morning, you ran into an asshole. If you ran into one in the evening, <laughs> you ran day. into an asshole. But if you run into assholes all day, then you're the you're asshole. You're the asshole. And, <laughs> oh, God, that's like my favorite quote. And, you, and like, they very much, I mean, Tim the Elephant is the guy I want to be when I grow up. Right. Um, yeah. and, and, like, he's incredibly charming and good looking and really suave and shit. And fuck him. Um, but, like, he gets all these opportunities. And, like, they, they do this meta thing of talking about, like, the fact that Raylan thinks he's really cool. But he actually is really cool. Um, <laughs> but, like, there's the, the, the bit in um, in uh, uh, in Wins, uh, uh, Winnebago where he takes the bullet and he throws it at the guy. And he's like, the next one's coming a lot faster. Like, oh, yeah. That is – that. Out of anybody else's mouth, that would be corny as shit. <laughs> that is actually really cool. <laughs> it really was, dude. It was oh, so man. Cool. I fucking love that moment. Yeah. That was with, um, I can't remember the guy's name, Neil um, Neil McDonough. Neil Stevenson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, excuse, sorry, yeah. Neil Stevenson wrote, uh, uh, is an author. He's a sci-fi author. Neil McDonough, yeah. Who yeah. is also in one of my, one of like the weirder, like horror westerns I watched. Um, Called, uh, ravenous. Yes, ravenous. Yeah, because he plays the lieutenant. Yeah. Oh yeah. god, that's a great movie too. A fucking yeah. psycho standing in the river. Yeah. Oh, dude. But the best, the best though is like when he's at the end of that season, when it's him and Limehouse, and he's telling Art about how they handled the situation. And mind you, Limehouse chopped off Neil McDonough's arm, and he goes, "Well, needless to say, 
Limehouse disarmed him. I was like, oh, and I just like sat back and just like slow clap. I was like, that was wonderful. <laughs> Dad jokes for days. All day, every day. Um, more westerns. Let's keep talking about them. Uh, so we'll keep going roundtable here. Uh, Tombstone. Tombstone. Fuck yeah, is, yeah, Tombstone, man. Tombstone is the western that made me actually fall in love with them because my dad had been watching John Wayne movies since I was a kid and I was like yeah these are lame and we're watching Tombstone because it was on Showtime I remember we had Showtime and it was on and I I, for whatever reason I just didn't get up and walk away and I was like all right now I want to watch this and I watched some more and I was like this is really good and like I just I fell in love with that movie and like the performances in that movie are so good Every single actor who is in that movie is just like on their game. It was just, it was incredible. I mean, Kurt Russell is just awesome. Val Kilmer is great. Uh, Bill Paxton's wonderful. Sam Elliott's great. You get like a little blurb with Billy Bob Thir- Thornton in the beginning, and he plays this like punk ass. But like, oh, even he plays is that. So good. He plays that wonderfully. Skin I mean, that smoke get, wagon. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See what happens. Fuck. You're gonna do something. You're just gonna stand there and bleed. Yeah, the, like the fucking I I <laughs> one of my favorite moments in movies. Period is when Thornton comes out of the saloon with the shotgun, and he he's looking for he, well he's looking for the guy that, that slapped him, not knowing it's Wyatt Earp, and yeah. he finds him. He starts walking towards him. And as he's heading over, it's when Morgan and everybody else showed up. Um, and Doc Holliday's there, and he greets him. He's like, oh, hello. you know. And, and then he just kind of stops, and he looks, and he's like, oh, shit. This is the Earp Brothers and Doc Holliday. And they're all just, like, shooting the shit and hanging out. And then and he's just kind of standing off to the side. And at one, at one point, Doc stops and goes like, oh, Johnny, you're still here. <laughs> Where are my manners? You can so go now. Fucking funny. Yeah, yeah, they take the gun from him and he leaves. Oh, it is so yeah. beautiful. Um, so also, many you know, Thornton like eighty pounds heavier. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah. easy to not realize that's him because he's been so skinny for most of his career. Yeah. Like, and if you if you keep listing off the people that are in that movie. It's just like, I mean, um, Dana Delaney's in that movie. Dana Delaney, um, Billy Zane, Jason Billy. Priestley. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yes, yeah, fucking Stephen Lang is yeah. one of the, I want to say Clampett, that's not it. Um, wait, no, is it Ike Clampett? No. No, he's not Ike Clampett. He's um, he's one of the cowboys, though. And yeah. he ends Him up. Powers Booth and yeah. fucking. Uh, Michael uh, Bean, for, Michael for Bean. Oh, my yeah. God. It's Johnny it's Ringo. Johnny yeah. Ringo. Holy shit. Yeah, you get that yeah. great bit between him and Doc with Johnny flipping his gun and Doc pulls oh, out his dude. <laughs> But just they're they're back and forth when they're talking in Latin when he's just like, yeah, oh, dude, like when he, that that's one of that's why that's one of my favorite movies of all time, because it, it's so much more than just a basic Western, because you see that Doc is looking at his mirror self. He's like Johnny Ringo is me. You yeah. know, this guy is my equal. Normally, I'm smarter than everybody in the room. As I say this little quip in in uh, um, Latin that nobody else would get. But then all of a sudden, this guy throws it right back at me. And like, yeah, not only does he what, get it, but he can respond in turn. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, it, yeah, such a such a wonderful movie, man. And like the line, like the dialogue in that movie, that is such a quotable movie. Like you want to talk about a movie like that 
uh, that's like a guys guys movie that's like it's like predator where like every dude our age knows lines from that movie like yeah. it's just like a given and like yeah I, I could that's one of those movies like if if it just happens to be on on tv and i walk by i stop whatever i'm doing and i have to watch it like there's there's no choice yeah, that's like, fair. you have to finish it yeah so uh, kurt russell's not quite directorial debut yeah, there was another guy who was slated as the director, but that's, <laughs> that's Kurt Russell's baby. Let's, well, let's so there was there was there was the guy that was that was attached initially, yeah. Yeah. George something, um, and he got fired, and the options were well we can stop filming, or we can keep filming, and so they kept filming. Only Kurt Russell took over, and then they brought on the new director, and it was mostly just like, all right, you can go, you can go see your trailer, like you'll take the credit, but I'm I'm, I'm making this movie. Yeah, and he just straight up fucking directed this movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, everybody's. It's funny, and I I feel bad for it because why the 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 Costner Wyatt Earp movie came out like within a year or two. Yeah, they were like, right on top of each other. Yeah. Um, and they're they're very different movies. Um, the Wyatt Earp movie specifically is a lot calmer, a lot quieter. It feels almost like tombstone is the story you tell about the real world happening that was Wyatt Earp. Um, and it's, yeah, it's got very kind of a, a dry, you know, um, more like historically kind of grounded feel to it. It's a little boring in places. Um, but Dennis Quaid, Dennis Quaid gives like almost the identical performance that, uh, that Val Kilmer does as Doc Holliday. Like they're both pulling from the exact same uh, playbook um, so that's actually pretty cool. I'll have to look into that one because I don't I've actually think that I've ever seen the Wyatt Earp movie just because like I, I, I specifically remember like loving Tombstone and like, well, you know, when you're like a teenager, you like you stick to your things that you're loyal to and you're like, oh, hey, here's another movie about this thing. I'm like, I'm not watching that. I can just watch Tombstone, whatever. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. Yeah. And it's like if you're going to pick one to watch, you can pick Tombstone to watch. Like it's the better movie. Yeah. Yeah, and like it, oh, just such a great like. I think one of my favorite lines is often overlooked when they're sitting there watching the play, and the devil removes its mask, and it's Dana Delaney, and Wyatt goes, "I'll be damned." And Doc Holliday <laughs> leans in, he goes, "You may indeed, sir, if you are lucky." <laughs> yeah, Kilmer. God, Kilmer's so fucking good in them. It's easy to forget that he's like a good actor. Yeah. Like he, I, I feel like he gets short shrift in terms of his his acting ability, because uh, he's you know like a really good looking guy. Um, but yeah, he's fucking phenomenal in that. Yeah. Oh, God damn yeah. it. And it's it, it like hits all of like the like the testosterone things that you need for a dude's flick too. Like when he goes on that rampage, like after after he like catches cur- like catches them at the uh, train station, and he's like, "You called down the thunder." You're like, "Oh shit, he's about to kill everybody." Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what is your your go to? Like, what's your next one? What's your next one on the list? Um, let's see. I mean, like, okay, so we did talk about it briefly, but the Quick and the Dead, man. Like, I I enjoy the shit out of that movie. That is like a, but that is that is very much a popcorny like sit down and have a good time movie. Like there's a, there's a scene in that movie where somebody gets shot. They look down at their shadow and the sun is pour like you can see the hole in their shadow. <laughs> it is goofy. I mean it, it was made by Sam Raimi. So yeah. like 
if you're not prepared, and I, 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 I watched with a buddy of mine who does sometimes have like issues. Like if, if he, if he realizes that someone's just, you know, got like a revolver, but they've taken like nine shots, it bugs him. And I was like, look, man, if we're going to watch this, you got to realize this is kind of a cartoon. Um, and he's like, all right, cool. And he had a good time with it, but I, I feel like it was, I, I, I'm glad I told him that ahead of time. Um, did you yeah, know man, that Joss Whedon, Joss Whedon helped write that? That makes a lot of sense. I'm reading it right now. It says the screen, the screenplay was written by Simon Moore, but includes contributions from Joss Whedon. And that like, that is not a surprise in the slightest. I didn't know that, but now, yeah, I'm saying, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, can, I get it. Okay. It's really quippy. Like, fucking Leonardo DiCaprio has some of my favorite lines in that movie. And like, you know, can it, is it, can it be, is it possible? Can one man be this good? Like it's, it's so, so for anybody who hasn't seen it, um, uh, uh, Sharon, Stone, uh, playing against type, uh, plays the, the lone gunman who rides into town. Um, and Gene Hackman is this criminal who, over his illustrious career, has made himself very rich and who's just taken over this town. Um, and he decides he's going to host a quick draw tournament. Um, and it is every uh, uh, like cartoon Western archetype in this town or shows up for the fight, uh, for the, for yeah. the contest. Um, fucking Lance Henriksen plays this guy named Ace, uh, <laughs> who, who has like silver spurs and shit. Um, like if, if, uh, if Roy Rogers was a douchebag, that's, that's what, that's what Ace is. Um, but yeah, like fucking Keith David and, and Russell Crowe plays this, this former, uh, uh, bandit who used to ride with, with Hackman, but who's since become a, 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 a Catholic priest or not Catholic, but like since become a pastor. Uh, and so he wears the collar and everything. Um, and it's, it's so over the top in places, yeah. you know, there are Dutch angles all over the place, but, uh, it's really fun and it is, um, really, uh, uh, really engaging and exciting. And, and, and it's cool to see, uh, you know, this is, this is pretty rare. It's cool to see a woman, um, play the 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 heavy in 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 one of these movies it's almost always a dude uh and so it's cool to see you know uh this woman who up to that point was was famous for being the really attractive blonde woman basic instinct um play this like dirty dusty cowboy um but yeah and and yeah fucking dicaprio is perfect in that movie yeah uh, like he's, he's credited as, as just the kid like that's his name. Yeah, um, I love that shit. I I want to mention one that I needed. I'm gonna submit this for approval with you because technically, because okay. technically it's not a western. Let's hear it. It's technically an American historical uh, drama. However, I Music think that be, no, it's not. I think okay. because it has to do with um, the frontier at the time and the way that the world is changing. Because of the coming, well, there's they're in the midst of a war at the time, but you know there's more English settlers coming, and the frontier is changing, and this person happens to be the last of his uh, Indian uh, tribe, and that would be last of the Mohicans. I would say last of the Mohicans is a western from the other end. Yeah. Um, you don't get a lot of western stories told from the native perspective. 
Yeah. Um, and that definitely has that same sort of feel to it. Um, I, 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 I speak from ignorance on this. I've not actually seen that movie. You've um, never seen it? Oh, I've not seen it. I've never seen Dance with dude. Wolves. Um, oh, it's, it's, son of a it's, bitch. <laughs> there's, there's plenty. Of, I, I've watched a lot of movies, but there's plenty I haven't seen. Yeah, I got um, yeah. But, uh, no, that's one. That's one that's been on the list for a long, long time. But from what, yeah, what little I know of it, I would say, yeah, that's that's definitely a western. Um, you, from what I know about your your taste in movies, you would you would really dig Last of the Mohicans because it's one, it's historically accurate. Two, it's like it's brutal. Like the the fight scenes are just like intense. Like it's it, the soundtrack is just r- ridiculous. Like Daniel Day Lewis is just just chewing scenery the whole damn movie. And like it's just it's really really good, and you get like it's I I love like anything do, to do with like the American Revolution and like all of that stuff, and this is the French and Indian War, so it's like right before that, and it's just like it's it it's good good historical action, and like yeah, there's 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 revenge stuff going on. It's just it's it's good 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 stuff, man. It's worth See, it's, it's, it's worth it's, a view. It's funny because. It, it definitely hits a lot. It checks a lot of those boxes. But this takes place like 200 years before what a Western would be. Mm, this would have been right? 1757. So this would have been about okay. 100, 130, 100, yeah. 100, yeah, okay. Um, but uh, like you know, like there were no, no cowboys. There was, there was, there was. This was, this was. This is the. It th- that story is what had to happen before the western could be a thing yeah um like manifest destiny hadn't really kicked in just yet or at least it was starting to <laughs> yeah um like the you know what is it you know white guys hadn't hadn't quite figured out the the, the best possible excuse for them being dicks to everybody else um no it's cool god wants us to be you're good yeah no no, no yeah I, I i was i was put here by jesus christ himself I'm like oh <laughs> all right he wanted Sounds me to good. conquer this untamed land. Uh, yeah, yeah, but we already live here. No, 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 it's untamed. It's untamed. I found all this cool shit. No, it's mine. Nah, I found it. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I'd say that. Yeah, that, 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 uh, that certainly fits the bill. Yeah, and it's, yeah, I highly recommend that you check that one out. And also too, what uh, Dances with Wolves, you can actually watch for free on YouTube with no commercials. The whole oh. movie there. Yeah, nice. yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty dope. All right, so we'll we'll go ahead and wrap this up here in just a little bit, Mister uh, Mister Rambo. We'll we'll each end on on one more of like our our favorite westerns, either a movie, a TV show, like something that like for those out there watching or listening, because I don't know how you'd be watching this. Uh, for those listening, um, we'll give you one more, and uh, if we miss some of your favorites, please let us know. I mean, we'll we'll gladly. Uh, discuss this i mean like it'll be on in our, our our group on facebook on twitter you can tweet us let us know uh or you can message us on the website because i actually fixed it you used to not be able to message me um because apparently it was broken but i fixed it so now if you email hey. us we can actually receive it so there's that so um so my list has like three more things on it but the one i want to talk about uh actually didn't i forgot to put, put on the list uh the other thing are no country for old men um firefly and logan um oh yeah but, logan does yeah but logan is really just this movie i want to talk about starring wolverine uh and it's unforgiven um 
Unforgiven is one of those movies that you can watch it if you aren't a fan of Westerns, but it works so much better. Like it, it it's like if someone someone who reads Watchmen who isn't well versed in superhero movie or superheroes, um, you can appreciate it, absolutely. But there are things that are going to be that are either going to go over your head or are going to just be be like uh, they aren't going to quite click um, because Unforgiven is very much a straightforward Western while at the same time being kind of a deconstruction of them um, to the point where you get a lot of um, these these breakdowns and acknowledgments of these particular tropes like one of my favorite scenes one of my favorite examples of that is there's a shootout in uh in, in a canyon and it's somebody somebody has the high ground up on one of the cliffs and somebody is down low in the canyon um and they're just getting picked off because that's how that works um but one guy gets shot uh he gets he gets he gets stuck, he gets shot, and the other, you know, his friends all run off uh, and, and take cover. And there's this stalemate between uh, Clint Eastwood and Morgan Freeman and another guy or two who are up on the cliff and the guys down in the canyon because they're not, they, like, they can't find them. They can't take a clean shot without getting, you know, picked off. But their buddy is out there just screaming in pain and crying for water that's all he wants is he wants he wants a, a sip of water he's so thirsty and they don't want to move because they're going to get shot and finally Eastwood calls down he's like J we won't shoot just take him some goddamn water and they eventually kind of relent and they go and they take care of him but it's the it, it's this it has this very there's nothing glamorous about that movie there's nothing that is like prettied up like this is we mentioned John Ford before and Ford was a guy who made Westerns that were beautiful to look at. Um, but they were, you know, everybody was clean. Everybody had like sparkling white teeth. It, it, there's a reason why the good, the bad and the ugly was such a big damn deal and looks so different for Westerns at the time. And it's because you know, that was a movie that wasn't made where everybody looked good. You know, Clint Eastwood looks sweaty and gross. Um, and, and, you know, everybody looks kind of dirty. Um, but John Ford movies, everything is very, you know, you have press shirts uh, <laughs> in John Ford movies and these, these grand glorious vistas and things. Um, and Unforgiven, uh, and Unforgiven is, is about an old, old gunslinger who, gave up violence, renounced violence entirely. He met a woman, they fell in love, uh, they had kids, um, and then years later, she died. Um, and he's a guy who who hasn't, uh, he hasn't picked up a, a gun in anger since, his, since he met his wife, um, is now a widow. Um, and some, you know, a bad guy does some awful shit to a woman in the beginning of the movie, and there's a bounty put on his head. And Morgan Freeman is one of a couple guys who is he's like, hey, you know, I, I'm I really need this money. If you can help me, uh, I would really appreciate it. And he's like, uh, William Money is uh, is Clint Eastwood's character, uh, who also uh, directed it. I, I can't remember if he wrote it, but he definitely directed it. Um, 
and he's like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't do that anymore. Like, I don't, I don't want anything to do with that. Um, and he eventually, uh, uh, he eventually gives in, and it is fucking scary when yeah. you see him, you know, flip that switch. It is, it's a matter of like you. There, there's been a monster that's been kept quiet in this dungeon for a long, long time. You don't want to let him out. And when something he, happens when he grabs the bottle of whiskey. Oh boy. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. He hasn't had a drink either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He hasn't had a drink and he hasn't pulled a gun. Um, and when you get that, when you, when you have that happen, uh, for, for people who are more versed in comics, um, old man, Logan, old man, Logan is Wolverine, uh, in unforgiven. That is a hundred percent what that story is. Um, there's there's a bit of it in that rock movie, uh, the rundown, um, where he's like, I don't I don't use guns. And it's not I don't use guns because I don't know how to. It's I don't use guns because I'm fucking dangerous when I have a gun in my hand. Um, but you see Clint Eastwood as like the specter of death. He shows up at the end of that movie and it's fucking frightening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, like it's it's something that. You know, if you if you are well versed, it definitely hits home a little harder um, because you do get those references that it's making. Um, but even if you're not, it's it's very much like, you know, uh, sort of like Western 101. Oh, yeah, for sure. And like it's su- it's such an excellent movie. And there's that I'm trying to remember the line at the very end. Um, it's. It's such a it's such a good line where it's it, it's not even like it, it's it's basically like a like a title screen at the end where it's just talking about like how he they they never knew why the woman fell like basically like years later the the wife of his or the parents of his wife uh come looking for know why. They married because they never met him. They want to know why she, uh, she married this killer, this murderer, and they never knew why. And like, it's just it's such an awesome concept that like there's this whole there's this two sides to this guy that you never knew exactly what was going on. And like, it was just like this movie is so well done. And it, it's if you've never seen a Western before, this is the one you need to see. Cause like, if you only see one, this is the one, like they say that in movies, if you're going to see one movie this year, this is the one Western you need to see because of all the other ones that we've mentioned, this is by far, like this is the cream of the crop. This is, it, it gets, there are some that are good. There are some that might be as good, but I don't think it's, I think this one still edges them out every single time. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, hell, it's, it's a line from the, from the movie, but it's also one of the taglines. It's a hell of a thing killing a man, and yeah, it's it's there's nothing pretty, there's nothing charming about the horrible shit that people do, uh, and and to some degree had to do uh, in order to survive. Um, yeah, it's it's fucking wild, man. Yeah, uh, there's there's a few others that like I, I feel like this is that's like the the pinnacle. So the rest of them, I'm just going to briefly mention um, the ones that I that I really enjoyed uh, that that I feel like it would be a disservice if we didn't mention them. Um, it's not as serious as the other ones. 
it's still one of my absolute favorite movies of all time and it does fall into the category of western and that is blazing saddles oh yeah absolutely yeah one of my favorite movies of all time but it's actually a really good western too and has a lot to say about like racism things like that um just just a fantastic movie in general they're um yeah, I, Legends of the Fall with Brad Pitt and Anthony Hopkins and Aiden Quinn. Um, not as good. I wouldn't put it up there as like my favorite. Like I still think I think Unforgiven. I'm with you. I think Unforgiven is like the best of the best. But Legends of the Fall is an incredible movie. Um, just it, it has that John Ford feel to it, but it, it is a little less like because like the open vistas and these beautiful shots and this beautiful scenery. But like there's some scenes where like at one point. Uh, they're in World War One, and Brad Pitt is serving, and his little brother um, ends up dying, and like he goes on a rampage behind enemy lines with a tomahawk and a Bowie knife, and just like it's it's Holy shit. yeah, he is just he's some he's fucking some people up there for sure, and like a more recent one which you can actually find on Netflix, starring Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson, that is The Highwaymen. It was good. It's not even really a Western because it's, in, it's set in the 20s because these two guys are Texas Rangers. And that's why I count this as a Western, because they're these old school Western lawmen hunting down Bonnie and Clyde. And it is a good, good, good flick. And like it's just Kevin Costner at his Kevin costner I mean, Woody Harrelson just being being himself, basically like it's and like the whole like these young like criminals robbing banks like they're 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 celebrities in a way because people are rooting for them because uh the depression is going on but you got these two old rundown gunmen lawmen basically after them and it's just like it's it's that classic western feel um from the other side like kind of like dances with wolves like you, you got the per- perspective of the lawman on this one and instead of like having the the big powerful they're powerful because of their fame they're powerful because everybody's so against the government right now because of the depression. And it's just, it's a really interesting juxtaposition with what's going on. And uh, if you got the time, check it out. I think, I th- honestly, I think you, Mr. Rambo would enjoy it, but also too, those listening to this wonderful podcast would also enjoy it as well. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, I found the last, like the closing text on for heaven. Thank you. I couldn't fucking find it. Yeah, uh, what is it? <laughs> uh, some years later, Ms. Mrs. Ansonia Feathers made the arduous journey to Hodgman County to visit the last last resting place of her only daughter. Well, uh, William Money had long since disappeared with the children. Some said to San Francisco, where it was rumored he prospered in dried goods. And there was nothing on the market to explain to Mrs. Feathers why her only daughter had married a, no, a known thief and murderer, a man of notoriously vicious and intemperate disposition. Yeah, like just that says so much and just that that yeah i love that i love that there's mystery to that you know yeah yeah that's that's awesome on that note um you know hey before we go ahead and close up shop what are the um what were the other ones that you had that you wanted to that you had on your list man oh i said i'm really uh really quick but uh i'm realizing now that the first one isn't really a western proper that kind of is um no country for old men yeah um has that, I would count it, that. You know, it definitely has. It's definitely set in the in the West, um, but it's it's less a story about um, about um, it, it's really a story about one man sort of like inadvertently catching the eye of the devil, um, and 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 having to to pay the consequences for that. Um, 
Firefly and Serenity uh, are 100 percent like there's no way around it. Uh, yeah. They're they're they wear that very much on their sleeve. Um, and Logan, seeing as how Logan is pretty much just Unforgiven, starring Wolverine, um, is, you know, and and about this this guy who is his past his point in terms of his his uh, his strength and power. Um, and and he's never there's never a point where he's not violent. Like the movie opens with a very vicious fight scene. Um, but it's, it's dealing with the consequences of a life of violence. Um, what does that do to you? Where does that put you? I mean, like he, Wolverine's a fucking limo driver, uh, in the, in the, the not too distant future because he has no workable skills aside from being a living weapon. Um, but yeah, and 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 having to protect this person uh, in in Laura, and you know having to you know being someone who who functions best by himself, um, having to take care of of people around him. Um, yeah, it's a hell of a movie. It yeah, it absolutely is, and like it it takes the superhero genre to a place that it hasn't really been taken before, and I I, I mean other than you know the, the crappy john travolta punisher that we talked about earlier but yeah (laughs) yeah it's all of those i mean so if you're if you're curious about the whole western genre after seeing mandalorian you're like well what are some things that i can watch we just gave you a bunch of great recommendations there and there's so much more out there but on that note uh for james rambo for everybody here at the great geek refuge my name is mike lonsford and this has been another episode of mike on the mic You ever hear the saying, you run into an asshole in the morning, you ran into an asshole, you run into assholes all day, you're the asshole. What? See that? It says United States Marshal. What? Please don't kill me. Take a good look at him, Mike, because that's how you're going to end up. Cowboys are finished, you understand me? I see a red sash, I kill a man wearing it. So run, you curs. Run! Tell all the other curs the lie's coming. You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. I don't deserve this. To die like this. I was building a house. Deserves got nothing to do with it. I'll see you in hell with money. Network production juice bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy.